It's our fourth week of Advent, and today we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the greatest love story ever told. Join us as we end our Advent journey together. We light the last candles on the wreath, and we celebrate Christmas together. That's coming up right here on See Here Love. Well, thanks for joining us here on See Here Love as we end our Advent journey and celebrate woo, the birth of Jesus, celebrating that love has come to the world. Grace, this is the day that we have been waiting, preparing and hoping for. Yes, it's today. It's today. Jesus has come. And I'm so, so thrilled that you're here to celebrate this day. And you've done such a great job in all of the other weeks leading up to Advent. So thank you so much. And to our viewers and listeners, I hope that our resources on our website uh, helped you as you journeyed along with us, as you lit your own Advent uh, candles around the wreath, as you did the prayers and blessings that Grace wrote for you. I hope that those created beautiful and special moments for you and your family, points of worship and connection. So I, I'm, I'm so glad that you've journeyed with us. All right, Grace, the birth of Jesus, love coming, the greatest love story of all. Doesn't that just excite you? Like it gives me chills in a way, right? Yes, goosebumps, <laughs> totally. Total goosebumps because when we started with hope, it was like we were waiting and expecting. Yeah. And then we started talking about peace and becoming peacemakers. And then it was about choosing defiant joy, fighting back with joy when we, our circumstances are grim. Mm -hmm. And now we're at love and the Christ candle because Jesus has come. Yeah. Mel, to be honest, I'm a little bit of a hopeless romantic. Okay. Okay. You are? So, well, I love romantic <laughs> gestures. I really do. Like the flowers, the, like getting caught in the rain when you're on a walk. Oh, yes, like totally. the scene in the movie when he finally realizes that he loves her and she's about to get on the plane. Oh, I love and those he, too. Yes, he's I like running those. after her. Yeah. And here what we have with the birth of Jesus is the greatest romantic gesture of all time mm -hmm. because God has taken on flesh to be with us. And it shows us that nothing could ever separate us. Because if God is willing to become human, think about that for a second. I know. Why, if you are almighty, all powerful, divine, out of this world, why would you become human? That would be, you know, signing yourself up for illness, mm -hmm. for heartbreak, for betrayal, for aging, like all the things <laughs> yes. about being human <laughs> that we don't like. And right. God signs himself up for that. Amazing. To be with us. So beautiful. Yeah. So I have this quote actually and a verse, but I have this quote from Friedrich Buchner. He's mm -hmm. a theologian, uh, was an author, writ, wrote a lot of things. Um, and he said, those who believe in God can never in a way be sure of him again. Once they have seen him in a stable, they can never be sure where he will appear or to what lengths he will go or to what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation he will descend in his wild pursuit of humankind. That just gets to your heart. Yes, yeah, seriously. Like you want every man to be like that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For you. Yes, when we think about how radical it is, the birth of Jesus, mm -hmm. it just leaves us sitting, waiting in anticipation of what is God gonna do for us next? Yeah. And then it opens your eyes to see all these other things, like a beautiful sunset is a romantic gesture. It's God wooing us, mm -hmm. speaking tenderly to us. That's who God is. 
So I have this verse here from Romans chapter 8, verse 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Yeah. That's, it's, it's incredible. Like I think that it's the birth of Jesus coming mm -hmm. and then the promise that nothing can separate us from that relationship, from that love that he has for us. Yeah, his love knows no bounds. Because that's what real love is. It's saying, I'm here with you. Nothing could take, you know, nothing could separate me from you. I'm going to enter in your struggle with you. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what we all want? Yeah. Yeah. And for him to choose that grace, mm -hmm. God incarnate, coming as a baby, the most vulnerable yeah. in a place that was stinky and yucky and grimy. Yeah. Not the place I'd want to be born. No. But to be because he longed and wants and desires to be with us. Yeah. I mean, that's such the beauty and the promise of Christmas. Like mm -hmm. that's what we've been waiting for. So all the people that are longing for a relationship that like you, a hopeless romantic, here it is. It's yeah. Jesus, ladies and gentlemen that are saying <laughs> you're looking for love. It's Jesus. Yes. And I think I want to get excited about that because in a season now where it feels hopeless, it feels dire and depressed. Yeah. This, this act of love, this story, this and it's not, it's beyond rom-com. It's yeah, like, totally. it's, it's the story of love yeah. is now. Yeah. This is sacrifice. This is solidarity. Yes. This is, this is everything. This is eternity. And it changes then how you live. Yeah. Because I think when you are loved that completely and that, <laughs> with that much just woo and love, mm -hmm. it, you then stand with the assurance of like, I am valuable yeah. and I am beautiful and, and, and you wanna follow and be in that relationship. And I think that's, that's the key as well, that his love informs and changes the way you see the world, you see others, how you love your neighbor, everything. Yeah. And it gives us hope and joy. And this is a love that brings us peace. All of those things start to connect everything we've been talking about. Right. Yeah. It's really great because we started with our hope. Like I said, hope, peace, joy. And now we have love. And it's almost like the, the bow, you know, around the present, but yeah. it still keeps going. Like this love isn't just today, but it's every day for the rest of our lives. Yes. This love of Jesus. It's beautiful. Well, I think it's time to finally light our last candle of love and then the Christ candle because he is born, he has come. So mm. let's light this candle, if I can get it there. Oh, I'm like shaking because I'm, I don't so know if it's excited, excited or yeah. I just don't want to burn, but like yeah. this is like the complete advent wreath and candle and how beautiful. Again, like you said, Grace, it's, it's, it's lighting a candle to shine light into the darkness. Yeah. And that's what I hope this show and these conversations um, have created. Uh, for viewers and listeners, and even for myself, I've learned so much. Yeah. All right, well, why don't we pray as we have lit the Christ candle and the love candle. God, we're so thankful for this love that you have honestly lavished on us, this love that knows no bounds, that says, I'm going to be human and take on your struggle and suffering and walk with you, and I'm never going to stop pursuing you. We are so thankful for that, and we just pray that you would open our hearts to receive that and to show others that same love. We pray this, we pray this in your name. Amen. So what now? What does love mean for us in terms of, you know, people of Christ? 
how do we love well in the Advent season? Uh, I have a friend of mine, he's a spoken word poet, and we collaborate on a song together. And the last line that he says in the, in the song is, in the beginning was the word, and in the end, we are God's word to the world. And he nailed it totally, because it's up to us to kind of be the bearers and beacons of light and love in this world. So, how do we love our neighbor well? How do we um, engage with the need of our places and spaces? That's something that we should be thinking about at this time. And Christmas time is a time for love. It's a time for showing other people love. And so my encouragement to you is find ways in the places that you inhabit to actually love people well. Dr. Cornell West has his famous quote, justice is what love looks like in public. So this is our chance, our way to actually live out justice in our context. So I'm gonna pray this over you. And as I do this, begin to think about what we can do, the royal we, if you will, what we can do to actually act out justice in our context. Here we go. We are made in the image of love. So let's love foolishly, relentlessly, courageously, and unconditionally. Let us keep our arms wide open to love our enemies and those who don't think the same as us. Let us be a people free to love and serve the needs of our siblings around us and help us remember what love really means. My encouragement to you is put love in action. Uh, let, let it be seen, not by other people, but by God. Do the work of justice in your context. There's tons of need. How can we meet those needs as a people? Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, Drew. And today I am so excited to welcome New York Times bestselling author, Francine Rivers. And many of you may know her as the author of Redeeming Love, a book which has sold over three million copies. And she is also my mom's most favorite author. Francine knows love stories. She's expertly written all kinds of them for years. And today she's here to chat with me about the greatest love story, Christ coming to earth and demonstrating his unconditional love for us and what that has meant for her life. Welcome, Francine. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be with you. So Francine, I mean, a lot of people don't know your story, so I wanna kind of like uh, talk and walk this through with you because I think it's perfect for Christmas because Francine, you rebelled against God's unconditional love for a long time. First of yeah. all, why? And can you share what your life was like during those times? Well, I grew up in a, in a church family, and uh, my parents were very strong Christians and served in the church. And I think what, what turned me off, really, was the way Christians behaved toward one another, because mm. they aren't always very nice and things that I saw happening in the church. So when I went away to college in the 60s, I just sort of bought into the whole 60 idea of rebellion and, you know, do your own thing. And that doesn't work. I mean, when you're trying to do your own thing, uh, your life begins to just kind of crumble. Uh, Rick and I got married. I was 22. He was 21. That's a whole story. I don't know how much of that you want to know. But um, when we when we got married, uh, you know, we were struggling. We each had our, our baggage that we brought into the marriage. And it was when I was in my probably late 30s that or mid 30s that I really was hungering for God. And we ended up moving to a little town in Sebastopol. And it was a little boy next door, about eight years old, who came over and said, have I got a church for you? 
<laughs> and I started going there. And it, it was a different kind of church because I think our church that I grew up in was more politically inclined with the idea of you change the, if you can change the world, then you can change the hearts of man. And this church was strictly, uh, you know, scripture based, teaching the word and showing what's the historical context, what is it actually saying, and what does it have to do with me today? How does it apply to my life right now? And when I walked into that church, I, I felt such welcome and love. Uh, it just blew me away. And that was really the beginning of the journey of coming back to God, to, the, to really the way he is. Yeah, so Francine, so what made you finally accept God's love was really the people. Are you saying it's people that demonstrate God's love to one another? Very much, because we, you know, when we moved into that little house, it was the only house available to rent. My husband was starting a home business and uh, or starting his own business and we ended up in this house and there was a christian family on each side of us and they went to this church and they were such welcoming people the one neighbor came over with apple pie and talking about the church and then this little boy and his parents and then when i walked into the church you felt like you were part of a family they just they just welcomed you and loved you and that really impacted me and then the teaching the teaching was so incredible mm -hmm. How has God's love, Francine, redeemed and changed you and your story? So you, you're living sort of for yourself. And you, you meet this family, this church. You're welcomed by people who demonstrate God's love. But how has his love changed you? Well, I, the first thing that happened, I couldn't write. I had been writing in the general market for a number of years, and, he, and God shut that off for about three years. And I think it would, he, the reason he was doing it was really because he was saying, you want to be my child, but you don't really know me. So I was uh, reading my Bible and I'd asked the pastor if he would be willing to do a home Bible study because my husband didn't want to go to church at that time. So if you can't get your husband to church, you bring the church to your husband because we were, we were both baptized on the same day in 1986. And then, you know, that it just changed everything. I, I needed to get my priorities straight and really really fall in love with Jesus. And then that's when we were doing a, a study on the minor prophets and came to the book of Hosea. And that's where redeeming love came from. I just felt God was saying, this is the love story I want you to write. My love for my people, that how much he loves each of us individually and how patient he is with us. Um, and I, I really felt like Gomer, like I had been looking in every other place uh, to find what I needed and to find the love, you know, the unconditional love that you want and the answers to life, everything. And I really found that in Christ. And I wanted people to know that it followed my career, that there's a difference between what the world says love is and the love of Jesus, which is amazing. Francie, what does redeeming love mean? I think people are like, I, that's, I love that sound. I think I want that, but what does what does redeeming love mean to you? Well, to me, it means that uh, nothing is wasted in your life. No matter how, what you've been through, God can completely restore you. He can take the worst of what you've been through or what you've done, and he can turn it to his good purpose in miraculous ways. Yeah, and um, as an example, I had an, uh, an abortion in college, and he healed me from that, from the guilt and the shame of that. And he enabled me to write the book, The Atonement Child, to speak to that issue. Because I've, I've really used my writing as a way to uh, 
walk through things that I'm really struggling with in my own life and use the characters to play out the different points of view. And then there's one person in that story that's following God and following his ways. So, um, but he can take, he can just take anything and he can turn it around and you end up serving him and loving every minute of it. If you could have written this greatest love story of God coming to earth as a baby, <laughs> would you have, would you even have thought of that? I mean, you're, a, you're an amazing author, Francine, but could you have come up with this incredible love story in all of your creativity and understanding of writing? <laughs> no, I mean, you, you can never outdo God. I mean, it's just, it, it is amazing. Christmas, I love Christmas. I just, I wait for it. And um, it's just that the story is never, never old. You just read it over and over again. And just how amazing it is to think of God in a child and that he was willing to make himself that vulnerable to show us how much he loves us and to, to redeem us. And then to, you know, to walk this earth, you didn't have to do that. And to go through all the suffering um, for our sake, it's just it's beyond anything I could ever imagine. You know, I love, you know, in your stories, you're, you know, this, it's like history woven into love story. And you can definitely see that the influence of your relationship with God influences and infuses your stories each and every time you write. Yeah. Well, I, I, Rick and I start our mornings by reading the Bible. We read through the one year Bible every year and then we're doing Bible studies through the year and he's teaching a Bible study right now. So I think that you know, when you're immersing yourself in scripture, that's what you want to come through your writing. You don't want to be sticking it in there, you know, with a little lesson. You want it to be literally saturated with what you've learned and, and with your relationship in, of Christ. So Francine, this Advent season, what would you say to viewers who may be lost and longing for redeeming and unconditional love and wondering if God can really love them for who they are and where they are right now? What would you say to them? Well, I would encourage them to get a Bible, the probably the New Living Translation Bible, because it's very easy to understand. It's a it's a thought by thought translation. Read the story of Christ's birth, read the Gospels, uh, just get into the word and read the word and then find a church uh, with the COVID situation, you know, find a church online and connect that way. And then eventually find a small group where you can really get in and, and get to know people because, you know, God is, if you have that hunger, you know, God is reaching out to you. I love that. If you have that hunger, God is reaching out. And I think Francine too, God is always ready for you. He's, he's been pursuing you. He's with you. It's just a matter of making the decision to be in relationship with him. Once you've made that decision and you look back over your life, you'll see so many times in your life where God was reaching out to you and he was right there and you turned away for whatever reason. But then at the end, you see he was ne you were never without him. He was always there reaching out to you. And then once you make that decision, he, he indwells you and you have that presence with you all the time. And that's the beginning of your eternal life. That's so incredible and encouraging. Thank you, Francine River, so much. You're an incredible woman and storyteller, true inspiration. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. And can I say hi to your mom? Yes, why don't you do that right now? Her name is Diane, that would be great. Hi, Diane, hi, Diane. <laughs> 
All right. Well, now let's go to our monthly segment contributor, author, and speaker, Addison Bevere, as he shares with us his thoughts on love and the birth of Christ this Advent Christmas season. And co-host and social justice advocate Cheryl Nemhard challenges us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Hey, Melinda, always so good being on See, Here Love. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Addison Bevere. I'm the author of Saints Becoming More Than Christians. And in this Advent season today, I want to talk about what it is all about, what this whole season is ultimately about, and it is about love. We read in John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I think it's so easy for us to just read a verse like that and quickly move through it, not make it personal, not make it specific to our story, our journey, what we're going through in our lives. And the thing about God is God had to cross the bridge between his divinity and our humanity by becoming a man because we could not believe that we were beloved sons and daughters. And when you look at Jesus's life, there's two moments, two profound moments where the father burst onto the scene in such a disruptive way. And he speaks identity over the son. And he says, this is my beloved son. And then when we look at John 17, these are some of Jesus's final moments. And he's, he's talking to his disciples and he's explaining the heart of the father. And it's in, it's in verse 11, he says, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one. What is that name? That name is beloved keep them in the revelation of their belovedness because this is the place of safety. This is the place of peace. This is the place of promise. If we look at 1 John 4, we see that John's, we see that God's nature, John makes it so clear that God's nature is love. And so wherever you find yourself right now this Advent season, I wanna remind you of what Paul writes in Romans 8, verse 38. He says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is what it's all about. We are his beloved. Remember that in this Advent season. When COVID-19 hit and our world changed overnight, I was afraid that See Here Love would go on lockdown. But God had a different plan. And thanks to your prayers and your financial support, See Here Love traveled virtually to every province and territory in Canada to listen and learn from brave women about hope and loving our neighbors. And then something happened we could have never anticipated. See Here Love traveled the world. Mabuhay. Hola, buenos dias. And this wouldn't have been possible without your generous support. So on behalf of the See Here Love team and the communities of diverse women that we serve, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year filled with hope, peace, joy, and love. And if you've been thinking about joining our community of monthly financial supporters, let this be the day you say yes to sharing Jesus to the world with us. We need you today. So please give at seeherelove.com give. I was having a conversation with my family and I asked them a trick question. How would you know without a calendar, without information, news, that it's Christmas season? Well, the answer was unanimous because people are kinder. People are kinder at Christmas season. 
people open doors, there's smiling, warmth, greeting, a lot less of the fuss and fighting. There is generally a feeling of love in the air. You can always sense it that Christmas is approaching. What is it about the season of Christmas that brings this extra layer of love to humanity? Well, I believe that it is really the purpose and reason of Christmas, not the commercialization of Christmas that is bringing this feeling. You see, Jesus came as God in the flesh, in the form of a baby because of love. He came for love, to lay down his life for love in humanity. He did that to redeem us by his love. The whole thing is love. His message on earth was love. It is love that transforms, that heals, that connects, that changes hearts. In a time of influencers and social media influencers, I encourage you to move away from the concept of influence. It does nothing to transform the heart. Love is what transforms the heart. I'm reminded of St. Francis of Azizi that says this, and this is for believers that are watching. He says, preach the gospel at all times, but when necessary, use words. You see, love looks like something. It is intentional. It is social justice, according to Cornell West. He says in his quote that social justice is what love looks like in public. And so I encourage you to move beyond December, move beyond the Christmas season and take this message, this mantle of love and carry it with you throughout the rest of the year. I'm reminded of the Virgin Mary, a virgin that was found pregnant with this news from Gabriel and the stigma and the fear and the anxiety that she must have faced as a teen mother, the stable owner gives her safe harbor. As I close, I encourage you, may we, moved and motivated by love, provide safety, harbor, love and comfort to those who find themselves, like Mary, in unexpected situations this season. Reach beyond yourself in 2020. It's been a hard year and let's love intentionally and think about those who are in harder situations. And remember, let's live this gospel out. Merry Christmas. Well, thanks Addison Bevere and Cheryl Nemhard for your encouraging thoughts on love. And to continue our discussion on love and Jesus' love coming to the world, I am thrilled to chat with two incredible women, Lisa Pack, a uh, See Here Love co-host, an ordained minister with 14 years of pastoral ministry and church experience in South Korea, Singapore, and Canada, with a particular focus amongst the Korean diaspora community. Welcome, Lisa, so great to see you. It's good to see you. Thanks for being with us. And Joyce Reese, pastor at Epic Vineyard in Calgary, Alberta, a conference and retreat speaker, and the co-host of the theological podcast, Down to Earth, and who has been working in vocational ministry for almost 30 years in various pastoral capacities. So welcome Joyce and Lisa to the show. Thanks very much. Yes, thanks Good for having us. Well, today it is about love. We are ending our Advent journey. We have talked about hope, peace, joy, and now it is about love. We've lit the uh, Christ candle. We have lit the love candle, Christ has come. What is the significance? of this moment for the world. What is the significance for you of love coming to the world? Joyce, let's start with you. Well, for me, when I think about this question, Melinda, I think it's God with us. 
-hmm. not at a distance, relatable. Jesus entered right in. I love the Eugene Peterson translation of John 1, God moved into the neighborhood. I'm sure lots of people have read that in the message. That's just so amazing. And I wish people knew more what it means, what it reveals about God, that he came the way he did, crying and hungry and needy and vulnerable and a million other very human things, that he's gone from the world, even bearing scars on his resurrected and perfected body, like perpetually identifying as one of us. I don't, I don't feel like I can just talk about Christmas and Jesus and love and not point to the whole arc of the story. Mm. The idea that Advent says, yes, he's come and we're longing for his second coming. Mm. So God made flesh in and of itself is maybe one of the most astonishing mysteries um, and a love of such magnitude that when we really take it in, we're compelled to worship, to give thanks, to offer our lives in return. And I think that's what we're celebrating. That's at least what it, what strikes me. Yeah, I love that. And again, I love that. Yeah, God moved into the neighborhood, moved in to be with us. And I, that is great love. Great love. Thank you, Joyce. Lisa, for you, the significance of this moment in history. Mm-hmm. I think it's Christmas, obviously, this year is going to be very different. It is very different for everybody. Um, even leading up to it, it was very different. Um, I think it's two different things for the, the believing world and then the unbelieving world. For the believing world, world, it's exactly what um, Joyce shared about how it's celebrating the promise that Jesus was coming in. Now we're on the tail end of that and we're looking forward to the second coming. And in this season that has been so difficult for so many, for me, it's just the reminder that God is with us, but also that he will continue to be with us. And it's this strength to hope um, because I think you need a lot of strength to hope when everything around you is such a pressure cooker and it's the resilience to wait. I think for the unbelieving world, it's an invitation to think beyond the now and to say there is life thereafter, there is life eternal. And it's an invitation to hope in the eternal in a way that they've probably never done before if they don't know Jesus Christ. So mm. there is, a, for me, there is something magical and supernatural about the season. And I think it's because it's it's we celebrate when God you know, moved into the neighborhood. Yeah, I love that. Moving to a personal experience, knowing Jesus and what he has done for you, being in relationship with him, how has that then informed how you love yourself, your neighbor and God? Big question, I know Joyce and Lisa, but I think it's important for people to realize you don't just make the decision and you're like, I'm in and then I don't do anything and it doesn't change the way that I live or make a difference in the world. So from a personal experience, how has love coming to the world, Jesus coming into the neighborhood, changed you and informed how you are with others? Mm -hmm. A huge question. I know, yes. <laughs> Do you want to speak to it first, Lisa? Well, I was just thinking like um, you hinted at it when you were sharing about Advent too, when it's like it, you can't just have Christmas alone. It leads to the cross, right? Um, and John 3.16 is one of those Bible verses that even few, many in the secular world also have heard, you know, for God so loved the world. And that always catches me because I find that as we celebrate this season, we're celebrating love and it's just, it's not just receiving love. It's like you're challenged to give and the boundaries of my heart, I can feel it stretching in certain situations with certain people in certain contexts. And you're just like, is this the limit of my love? And then when you understand that God so loved the world that he moved in, he sent his son 
that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If that just like pushes the boundaries a little bit. And that for me also connects with first um, John four, where it says there is no fear in love. And a lot of the issues that we deal with, whether, whether it's mental health, social justice, there's a lot of fear undergirding a lot of those issues. And when we talk about this perfect love, there's no fear. And then you're like, okay, so what am I afraid of? What is preventing me right. from loving the people around me in the way that God first loved me. And that always gets me because I realize you aren't as loving as you might think you are, right? Mm -hmm. I realize that about myself and you're like, okay, so let's go back to 101. How has God loved me? And you just feel all the limits of your heart just being stretched. I love um, that. It's like expanding and stretching your heart to love and bring you know people in. That's beautiful. Thanks, Lisa. Joyce. Yeah, for me, I mean, you know me well enough, Melinda, mm -hmm. um, just that it always comes down to God's reach, the way the, the story of Jesus unfold. It tells us an awful lot about God's arc in history and our participation. So, you know, I just think it has everything to do with justice. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus came in love as the humble king, born in a barn, born into poverty. Lots of people would realize when his parents brought doves as their offering on the eighth day when he was named. That's because they were poor. If you back up into the Levitical law, that's the offering of the poor. And he was forced to flee as a refugee to a foreign country when he was a toddler. That tells us an awful lot about God's heart. He could have been born into security and wealth and pomp and circumstance, but he came in a really upside down way um, as the king of all. So I think even the fact that it was the shepherds who first heard the unclean, yeah. um, people whose vocation made them perpetually unclean according to Jewish law, they were the first people to receive the good news that the Savior had been born. So for me, what love looks like has to align with the priorities of the heart of God as it's revealed in that very first advent when God, love, came to be with us. Um, so the poor and the marginalized were the very center of that story. And so for me, it has to be the same way. If we're to love like Christ, we have to bring good news in humble ways to the most marginalized in our communities. Mm -hmm. And if we come looking to be served or to love, uh, to be loved instead of to give love, we miss the way of Jesus. We give it away and then we're filled over and over again a thousand times. And I love what Lisa said, like the love of God is the model. He so loved the world. Um, we're compelled. And I feel that in when I read the Christmas story, it just reminds me again, who am I reaching to? How am I embodying this for the least in my own community? Um, mm -hmm. And it's upside down enough that it it makes me remember what Christmas is about. Yeah. The Christian Christmas, not just the cultural Christmas. And of course we have both things in my family, lots of gifts and feasting and joy and all of that. But um, I don't want to lose that part of the story. Mm -hmm. Does beautiful. that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. Mm -hmm. Lisa and Joyce, I'll start with you, Lisa. You know, this is a season where yes, it's, it's gonna be look very different than most Christmas seasons as far as parties and getting together. Uh, it's also a hard season for many people. Uh, this year has been hard for many people. Uh, so this Christmas isn't going to be any easier. And so for those that are struggling, those that are sad, those that are longing for love and have never found it or been hurt by love of people who are scared of love, what would you say to encourage them today, this Christmas week, about God's love for them? How would you encourage yeah. them today? Lisa? 
First, I would say um, acknowledge everybody is created to love and be loved. I mean, that we are created in God's image. So this longing, this desire to love and be loved, it's it's natural. It's it's in your spiritual DNA. Um, and for anybody to tell you otherwise is wrong. Um, and as we get into this season and there's a desire to get reconnected, I think I would also encourage people to hold plans and circumstances loosely. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this too shall pass. It's the people, it's the relationships. So hold your circumstances, your plans, your perfect Christmas party, hold those loosely, hold yes. people tightly. Uh, Hold people tightly, make time for the people, allow people to serve you. If you're in a position where you want to be loved, sometimes you have to stretch your heart to be in a place where you're allowing people to love you because that's hard for some people. And that's fear there. If you've been hurt in the past, mm -hmm. be patient with yourself, pace yourself throughout the day, do what matters do what last, um, do things. That, I don't want to make it sound like a self-help book, but in this season, you have to do things that make you feel joy and not just a surface level joy. Everyone loves retail therapy until you see the bill. It's like those deep seated moments where you're like, this is meaningful. And I think I also want to remind people that everyone only has 24 hours in a day. You have to choose how you will spend them or who you will spend them with. And I think that's what makes this season so meaningful. I mean, Joyce just pointed out Jesus came as, you know, in the lowest of income, you know, ever. Like, and he was in that impoverished state. And yet there was so much joy there. Mm-hmm. So I love it. So it's people. I love that, Lisa, where you said, you know, hold your plans, your parties and circumstances loosely, but hold your people tightly. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. That's great encouragement for us today. And Joyce, your encouragement for those that are struggling this Christmas. Yeah, I've been a pastor long enough to know that um, lots of us call this suicide season. Mm -hmm. Sounds terrible to even bring up on television Christmas week. Um, But I think it's important to acknowledge Christmas brings up trauma and histories and disappointments and just hard stuff. And then you add the pandemic in and all the roller coaster of 2020. And I imagine this question is very important that you're asking, Melinda. So I would, um, I really agree with what Lisa said. And the other thing I would add is Christmas is relational in nature. It's God coming to be with us. And even though we might not be able to be with the people that we want to be with this Christmas in the way we want to be together. If we can keep the idea that this is meant to be relational, any relational reach is going to have um, the ability to experience love. Mm -hmm. So that could be an act of kindness. I don't know if you get a lot of snow like we do in Calgary, but it could just be go shovel somebody's front walkway or their driveway demonstrate love don't just look to get but to give maybe it's picking up the phone old school style or sending a little note to someone because they just keep crossing your mind that's gift giving maybe it's um you can't share food but you can just zoom with someone or facetime and both be eating something similar together or raise a glass and just have a moment Mm-hmm. together whatever way you can reach sometimes what we do is we we shut down and think well no one's thinking of me or no one's reaching out to me or no one's recognizing this is a hard time for me and I don't know Jesus's way is to like lose your life be the least then you're the greatest you're last you're first you're poor you're rich right it's so upside down so if 
if in just very small ways, not grandiose ways, but very small ways, we can say, I'm going to be upside down right now. Instead of looking for me, I'm going to look to give. Instead of thinking about what words I need of love or encouragement, I'm going to give them. Mm -hmm. Maybe even be old school and like write a card. (laughs) Um, I actually think in some mysterious way, this is the heart of God. And it actually adds life to us when we give our lives away upside down but it's the way of Jesus so that would be my encouragement pastorally is like it's hard acknowledge that it's hard and then find ways to just embody the love of Christ as best as you are able and ask Jesus to help you mm-hmm. Lisa Pack Joyce Reese thank you so much for being with us today so many good nuggets of wisdom Merry Christmas to you and to your family Merry so glad that you could you celebrate too. Christmas Uh, with me here on See, Hear, Love. And I am just so thankful for the good pastoral work, your presence in the lives of congregations and neighborhoods and in the places that you influence. So thank you so much for being with me today. It's a gift. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks. Hey, Melinda, thanks so much. My name is Brooke Nichols, and this is my husband, Steve. And Christmas is practically here. We're in our last week of Advent, and we're talking about love. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about love. And actually, love plays a vital role in the Christmas story. The night that Jesus came to earth, the night he was born, he brought a special kind of love with him, a love like no other, unconditional, unselfish, and compassionate love. And you know, he gives gives us this love so that we can in turn share that love with those around us, letting our lives be set apart by the love of Jesus. I want to read to you today out of uh, John 3, 16, the, one of the most famous Bible verses in all of the Bible. And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, this is the greatest love of all. It's a love that neither you or I could ever be separated from. Friends, I pray that you would not only know and experience the love of Jesus this Christmas season, but that you would also go and share that love with those around you, letting your life be marked by His love. Merry Christmas. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and never pining Till He appeared
Thanks so much, Brooke and Steve. And I'm so thankful for you and your music ministry. Well, what a wonderful show as we conclude our Advent journey and celebrate the birth of Christ. Drew, Grace, thank you so much for being on this journey with me here at See Here Love. Final thoughts, Drew, on Advent and uh, love today. And love, oh, you know, it's a good chance for us to kind of act out our love, to actually work out our love. And so if you're in a small group or church family, find ways in your community that can actually love your community and love your neighbors. Do it together. It'd be fun. In a COVID safe way, obviously. <laughs> For sure, it's good. Grace, your thoughts on love and Advent? What we see with Jesus's love is that it's sacrifice, it's solidarity, it's saying, I'm here with you in your suffering and your struggle. And there's ways to act that out, especially right now in the season, to walk with people in their sorrow and suffering. It's beautiful. Well, my Advent takeaway today is that we need Jesus. I need Jesus. And we need him because he is the hope for the world. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the one that brings joy to the world. And he is love. He is true. He is the savior of the world. He is the one that I have chosen to follow, that I have chosen to follow. And don't forget to check out all of our Advent shows and blogs and resources if you haven't done so on seeherlove.com because we want to equip you and encourage you this season and in the new year ahead. Well, Grace, I think it's time for you to send us off with our final Advent blessing of love. This is from Ephesians chapter three. May you have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and how long and how and high and deep the love of Christ is for you. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Beautiful, thanks Grace. And as you celebrate the birth of Christ, love coming to the world, our prayer today and our hope is that you will know that you are seen, you are heard and deeply loved by God. Well, Merry Christmas from all of us here at See Here Love. Bye-bye. You guys can kind of wave and stuff, Can we? Right? <laughs> Can I walk Woo! towards the camera? Get, get really close like this? Can I do that? What happened? I lost complete control. <laughs> <laughs>